Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Big Boss Battles Big Boss Babble. We are going to be talking about uh, the recent EGX Resed event and uh, joining me this week we've got Dan. Hello. And for the first time joining us on the podcast it's Jupiter. Hello. Hey hey. So we've got a little list of games that we're going to go through that we uh, in- enjoyed at the event. And uh, the first one, I believe, is Angelina. Which isn't technically a game. It's an AI. <laughs> oh, I saw this. This this was interesting. Yeah, yeah so Angelina's made by uh, Mike Cook. He's a professor, basically, in AIs. He studied AI for a long time. He's made Angelina. This is the first time that Angelina's gone to an event and the first time that she's um, been showcased. And she makes games. She's actually entered uh, Ludum Dory a couple of times, and she's made various little games. And while at the event, you could go up to a computer by her, um, I guess. Well, she's not like a physical thing. So you could go up to a computer and put in some, like, things that you wanted to teach Angelina. And then she made a game based around that and then play-tested the game. And if it was a good game, gave it to you to play. Like, the second day had a load of um, computers with the games that uh, she made for you to play. It was a cool concept. I did see it. it I, I watched it for a little while when it's sitting there creating stuff and it's just like sitting there going crunching, making levels, da, 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 all these little bars. And uh, I remember talking to Dan about it because didn't the guy come out to lunch with us? Yes. Yeah. On the Saturday. He did, didn't he? Yeah, and wandered I, off. Wandered off towards I, Tower Bridge with us. Yes. See, I, I postulated restarting the AI because the AI, Dan was telling me, like, I'll ask you a question, like, does jelly wobble or something like that? And you'd say, yes or no. Mm-hmm. And and I postulated resetting the AI and giving it bogus answers to everything. And what seeing, do you mean? Uh, yeah, but think of the just random stuff that it would come up with. It would come up with stuff that you could not even dream of. <laughs> I mean, I mean, crowdsourcing information, which is what it was doing, would probably, if it was left on show, or if she was left on show for long oh, enough, have resulted know, in that. I mean, I saw, on the first day, I saw somebody going somebody typing in uh angelina requested kind of give me a noun or an item and they typed in jelly as the example i gave uh and then it said tell us a verb tell us what jelly does and they were like jelly wobbles but then like the next day i saw it said something like would bees attack a cat would this attack that and so if people had fed in nonsense it would be going like will a bee wobble at a cat will a yes yeah (laughs) so it, it c- could be interesting. I, I liked the game that it it uh, that was being shown on the second day. It looked a lot like Rodent's Revenge, the old Microsoft Entertainment Pack game. There was kind of cats moving around and moving blocks and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Do you want some statistics on uh, Angelina? Go on, then. that sounds good. Stats At the good. event, 190 people contributed information to her meaning it got about 570 opinions on knowledge as well as 60 new concepts, 60 new facts, and 36 ideas for games. It made around 27 million moves across the entirety of Rezzed and released three games. <laughs> awesome. Cool. I'll tell you what, here's an idea. If if he's listening, what's his name? Mike, Mike, Mike. Cook. Run your game on a system, live stream it on Twitch, and use the Twitch AI to let people interact with it. It's a pretty good idea, actually. He would get so much data from that. <laughs> mm. 
Do you want twitchy data? data from, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but, but this is the this? thing. Oh, this is the thing. Obviously, like if if I said Twitter, yeah, you, it'd turn it into some kind of like like Hitler killing babies or something game. But obviously, Twitch has got that thing where they've done those Twitch plays, like Twitch plays Pokemon and Twitch plays Dark Souls, and mm-hmm. the community really comes together and works together to you know come out with a good outcome. So I think it, it would probably get a lot of good information. So, Mike, I think, because I know you listen to all of my shit, uh, I think what you should do is ask Angelina if she wants to be live-streamed on Twitch and taught from the Twitch people, since she gets an opinion in this stuff. (laughs) She's real. (laughs) She kind of is. (laughs) I'm always impressed with what Mike does. He's he's really, really brilliant. Um, And Angelina even has uh, her own Twitter. Um... Uh, where she asks questions like, would it make sense to you for a cheese to move? Oh, so it is already using Twitter then? I don't know if they actually collect the responses. Ah, right, okay. clicking on the, does it make sense to you for a cheese to move, all of the answers are no, apart from only if soft and cut. So, oh wait, one person said yes, two people have said yes, but it's majority no. Um, <laughs> so you won't be able so, to play as a cheese, or no. run away from cheese in the... No. No, which which means you'll never be able to escape from a rolling cheese wheel. Oh, you see, so this, yeah, what's, this that, is, what's that? That that cheese rolling hill simulator twenty eighteen will never be seen. Yeah, that's it. That's a game that won't <laughs> happen uh, now. Which well, is I've corrected shame. it. I've typed. If it is a cheese wheel, yes. There you go. There Excellent. we go. <laughs> corrected. Live on air. Right. Cool. So let's let's I'm move efficient. on. <laughs> cool is right. So let's uh, move on. The next one up on my list is uh, Hacktag by a piece of cake studios. Okay, so Hacktag's really cool. Uh, it's a two-player game. I think it's actually up to four-player, uh, and you are agents that are trying to break into a place and steal stuff. And one of you is a kind of hacker. One of you is in the machines essentially, and the other one's a physical agent. Uh, the physical agent goes around, you know, cracks open doors, needs to avoid guards that are moving around and have line of sight. It's like your normal kind of stealth affair. Uh, whereas the, the the hacker, I suppose, is moving along electronic cables. There mm-hmm. are, I suppose, viruses or guards, firewalls, like let's guards, call them, yeah. that are moving around that can catch the hacker as well. So both of the characters can be caught. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you move as the hacker you move from connection to connection so once you've started a journey to a, to a new terminal that's it you're already on the way so you can be intercepted if you're not if you're not good enough and so what you just need to do is communicate and look out for each other so one of you might be trapped in the corner of a room because there are guards approaching but if the hacker can get to the door in time they can unlock the door so you can get through it and then they can slam the door on the guard's face which might be mm. long enough to for the other person to get away just in time. And it's very clever. To to gate the areas off, there are moments where both of you need to interact with something so that you both yeah, move forward from that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a quick time event, wasn't uh, it? Yeah, and widely number-based. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. You had to roll up and get... There was also the one where you had to press the D-pad in the right direction. Mm, yep. If one character gets caught, then the other character has the choice of either just milling around for the meantime and like setting off coffee machines and setting off phones to distract guards or you can go all the way back to the start and break the other person or break the person out of jail or out of the 
machine that they've been trapped within or you can just wait for the timer to pass and they'll come back out again so it's quite nice that there didn't seem to be a foul state although there probably mm. is one but well, not, we did get like negative 800 points but that, 8,000 points that's true but um, just to correct you, it's only a two-player game. It's it? co-op. Yeah, yeah, it's currently out on Steam at £15.49, uh, and you can play it online or local. Cool, cool. It's got online. Yeah, it's online, multiplayer, well, online, two-player, local. That's good. Two-player, co-op. I'm just reading what it says on Steam. Cool. I normally do a lot more research than this. Cool. I don't know. I've never been here before. <laughs> That's fair. Excellent. Certainly sounds like a fun game. So next up, we've got something that I watched Dan play. Uh, this is by Amuse Games, the people who did uh, Guns of Icarus. And this came out of, I think it was an internal jam, wasn't it? It's a game called Hamsterdam. Yeah, they they were trying to make a game that was the opposite of Guns of Icarus. So rather than this uh, team-based, not slow, but shooting game played at long range, they made this really fast-paced, quick-motion combat game and mm. you play as a little hamster that's just got to beat up all of these other enemies and you're doing martial arts and there's big hulking bosses and the big bad guy at the end and it's all it's all swipe based uh so any swipe input that crosses any enemies you'll hit them but then there's also charge attacks and all sorts and it's just really fast and frantic and it's it's hard to put down mm. and easy to pick up again uh, I just really enjoyed it. I really liked the art style. It was so completely different than Guns of Icarus, which I also really liked the art style of. <laughs> it was just like a Saturday morning cartoon, but it almost felt like you could just put it down, pause it, and then pick it back up and start again. And it almost had that kind of addictiveness that you get with rhythm games when you get into a jam. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's what I was saying. It felt more like a, a rhythm-type game because it was sort of you didn't just swipe and then you had to tap in. When you when you got one of them on the ropes or whatever, and then you had that you had that uh, KO button, didn't you? You drag it out from the yeah, bottom you had to the immediately power. knock out a character. Yeah, the, the knockout. You could drag to. You could also this I quite liked. You can knock. You could drag the knockout that you charged up on smaller enemies onto an enemy that you've not even engaged with in the background. Mm. So it was just yeah. Really there was it. also points in the game where to give yourself a break from all of the tapping and swiping, you became a little hamster on a skateboard, just sort of collecting seeds. Yes, and I levels. thought that was a really good uh, yeah. break. I'd yeah. first seen Hamster Dam in the Big Indie pitch uh, a few years ago, I believe, or at least a year ago. I don't really know. Uh, and it's come a long way since then. It's really fully developed now, and it has way more gameplay. Yeah, it did look like fun. And obviously Wendy was there selling it, as as she always does very well. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And she was dressed with hamster ears and a little outfit. She was, yes. Yeah, that's, that's an important <laughs> note. <laughs> right, so the next one up, we've got Hipster Cafe Simulator by The Loading Bar. Hipster, well, the stall owner was Loading Bar. Hipster Cafe Simulator is not made by the Loading Bar. They just uh -huh. uh, sponsored the booth. Uh, it's actually made by Useful Slug. Um, so Hipster Cafe Simulator is a simulator-based game where you run a hipster cafe. It's going to be available later this year. And you can design burgers with loads of different ingredients. It gives it a name based on what... Or just plates of food. It gives it a name based on what you've put down... 
Um, and then you've got different hipsters that come into your cafe. The idea behind this is that hipsters, they are ever-changing. They just want to adapt to what's trendy at the time. So there's different um, fra- factions of these hipsters, and they have different things that they prefer and things that they dislike. Um, so there's, like, hippie-ish ones, and there's goth ones, and there's, like, lumberjack ones. And as they move around your cafe, they interact with objects that you put down. And you can put down things like ball pits or uh, game machines or mini golf uh, tanks or ac- uh, mini golf like courses or axe throwing things or uh, beer tanks and if they interact with something positively a little um, a heart will appear above their head or a smiley face if they act negatively negative uh, faces will appear above their head like emojis and that'll de- that'll like um, affect the rating of your cafe and they can also tweet stuff so they take pictures of your cafe and pictures of their food <laughs> they tweet it and the plan is uh, you can end up um, sort of changing what the trends are based on tweets like if you see some tweets that are out that are like oh metal's really cool you can um disagree with it or start campaigns against it or you could decide to make a burger that's like metal inspired to see if that'll get you more traffic uh currently it's a very very um rough build that they had at egx but there's a lot of potential there and the amount of fun that can be had from just creating your little plates of food and making them look perfect is uh it's quite fun. It's quite intense. So, so is it quite a, a fast-paced game, a bit like, say, Cook, Serve, Delicious or something like that, or is it more of a... Because you've got well, to design stuff. No, you're just kind of managing, it? so it's quite slow. Oh, um, okay. People wander in and out of your restaurant. You don't really have to interact with them. You just watch their path and see what they interact with. Uh-huh. So it's a lot of paying attention to various places and who's happy with what. I'd say that it it's it it pushes you forward a lot less than say the theme games or definitely mm. theme hospital for instance you're 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 definitely reacting to things you're not being proactive until obviously you start trying to lead trends so it's just a lot more freeform you can practically yeah. just do what you want to do yeah but obviously if you want to keep earning money and stuff yeah, then, yeah. then you want to uh, yeah excellent that does sound fun I have to keep an eye out for that Mm-hmm. So, next up, we've got Over the Alps by Stave Studios. I really you, I enjoyed this. I, I, re- I liked it. <laughs> Good. I, I, I really like uh, Choose Your Own Adventure games. I really like narrative adventure games. You know, I, I like uh, narrative exploration games like Walking Simulator. So, I like things with a good a good story and stuff where it feels like your choices or the direction that you're going in matter. Uh, that's that's why I play games for that 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 escapism, that doing something different. And so the deeper the the deeper the world or the more engaged the characters are with other ones, uh, the more I enjoy it. And Over the Alps sees you as a spy trying to, I suppose, effectively rebuild a resistance uh, movement. Uh, as World War Two breaks out, uh, the demo had been slightly altered uh, so that it would suit the uh, suit the event, and that ends with you breaking out a character and a kind of mentor character, you know, not carrying on in the in the story. But it was it was interesting that it took the normal choice mechanics and the storytelling was being done through postcodes. Postcodes? Postcards. Postcards. Yeah, and stamps. That's it. And yeah, the stamps that you put on it were the attitude that you choose to deal with the situation in. 
So one may turn up because you took a violent or more brash approach. One, you may have been subtle. You know, another, you may have been suave. And so there's normally two or three of these stamps to choose between. I think there were more at one point as well. Uh, and you see the story ever so slightly tweak as you move between the stamps until you decide which one which one you want to put on. And it genuinely, I, I kind of wanted to sit down and start playing it again to see how much it altered the the story because it really it really felt exceptionally well written and each response that I had and all of the callbacks that it made felt as though you know I was steering that story the only thing that I didn't like was there's a fret bar because one of the characters that you meet is kind of hunting you and tracking you down and at one point obviously to bring the demo to a close it suddenly steps up massively and you get this showdown that ties it all up and you know that that felt a bit cheaty, but I understand that that was meant to be a sudden peak moment in the roller coaster of the whole thing. But yeah, absolutely wonderful game, beautiful artwork, uh, and a just a brilliant idea. I do like very much how the game was presented. I do really enjoy the postcards and the way that the stamps um, are your emotions. I don't know. There wasn't. I don't have a whole lot of fault with it. Uh, I don't love narrative games as much as you. I just don't like being uh, male, despite none of the game except yeah. the first bit required me to be male. Yeah. In all of the postcards, I'm using the words like I or we. I'm not using a pronoun, so I don't see why the first word I get has to be sir. Um, and when talking to Dan about this, he was like, well, I think you're writing home to your wife. Um which, okay, cool, but also that doesn't make me male, and also it never says that she's my wife. That's so fair. I could be writing home to my sister, I don't know. Um, I just wish that it didn't enforce male pronouns on me while so, I play your games so we, when not we, needed. So we spoke to Cash about that, who's the writer at the studio, mm-hmm. uh, and he said that that was one of the biggest bits of feedback that they'd had so far. So that was something mm-hmm. that they were looking at changing, so... So that's can't good. imagine it'd be hard to change because it really didn't seem like it was mentioned no, that's it. elsewhere that's in the it. story. So it's just a three-letter word at the start. This is yeah, that's it. <laughs> Fair enough. Sounds interesting. So this one was... I, I watched Sean and Maggie play this for a little while. After trying to find them for over two hours, I fe- we found them uh, playing this game. This was Photographs, and this was in the Tentacle Zone... Uh, I don't know who the developer is. I can get you. It's 88 Games. Was 88 the Games. Cool. So it looked like a puzzle game um, based around a bunch of photographs. So they were like Polaroids, and the Polaroids presented you with a, a little image. Mm-hmm. And then it seemed to zoom in on parts of it, and then it came up with a, I don't know, like, a, like almost like a, a ball-bouncing kind of puzzle game where you had to manipulate walls to bounce the ball round, hit, uh, a sort of an avatar of a person and then get it to a, like a bucket at the end I believe and there's a variety of yeah. puzzles in yeah, it that was, that was the only part yeah. I saw mm-hmm. while I was watching it that was all I saw of it there are five different stories uh, and each story has its own different puzzle mechanic uh-huh. so um, what you're doing is you're looking at someone's life through snapshots that you're taking of various moments in their life. So you get one screen, and that screen sort of builds and um, becomes smaller and bigger depending on what stage 
is in the story. It's beautifully narrated. Um, and they sort of tell you the story I played is the same one that Maggie played. It's one of the, they didn't, um, have it reset properly. Their game didn't reset properly to the main screen. So one of the machines only had that story all day because it didn't reset back to main menu. But it's, uh, it was a story of a swimming group, a group of girls who were training for almost like Olympic swimming. Yeah. That's uh, and saw, entering yeah. a lot of contests. Yeah. And, uh, basically you were given a clue. And the clue would be something like um, winning or lockers or something like that. And you need to focus your camera on that part of the screen to take a snapshot. And the snapshot would progress the story. But the snapshot would also trigger an event, which would be the puzzle. Um, and for that particular one, it was about bouncing a ball sort of around uh, through a cannon almost around and into the swimming pool. Um, and as more characters came through the story, like as more characters were introduced, you had to cross the ball over with more people before getting it in. All of the stories have a really weird, well, not a really weird, have um, a surprising dark twist to them. So everything seems so light and happy, and the music's light and happy, and the people's voices are light and happy, and then all of a sudden, you'll start to see cracks in these perfect pictures you're taking. You'll start to see things that don't Does, quite line up. Doesn't someone drown? I'm sure I saw someone drown. Yeah, bad things happen. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers, That's what I was man. I was like, it was sort of happy and smiley, and then, well, that, that, came, that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yep. Stuff happens. It's bad. Uh, this game looks really cool, though, and um, it's coming out in uh, 2018 to PC, Mac, Linux, iOS, and Android, so hopefully I'll get to play more of the stories then. Cool stuff. Yeah, it did look, it did look fun. Uh, this is one I didn't see, I don't think, so Rebound by Hexterion. This is one of yeah. yours, Dan. So, I believe it was Alex or Adam that we... That I bumped in, we bumped into on the first day because he was walking around with oh, I've forgotten his name, the guy from Finifuji. Uh, <laughs> I probably just said the the name wrong there as well. Uh, so this game is because there has been a slight resurgence in them recently. It's a future sport game. It's top mm-hmm. down. It's kind of dodgeball, and you've got these dodgeballs. It's four player. Uh, you throw you throw these dodgeballs. You can charge them, and they can smash through parts of the arena. But the gist is, obviously, you don't want to get hit with these balls. But at the same time, the outside of the arena can fall away, and the tiles on the floor can fall away as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just to get re- the ball, you have to sort of dash through it, which is like high risk, high reward. It, that's it. Or you can wait for it to slow down enough that you pick it up. But obviously, by that point, there will be other people milling around trying to do the same. Mm. And there's an arrangement of different kind of uh, teams that you can have. There's also mutators in it from the start, and they have mutator playlists as well, uh, which includes kind of like just visual mutators as well as actual gameplay ones like higher gravity and stuff. So the visual mm. ones could be like a massive arm for throwing the ball. and It just kind of harkens back. I just like it when people say that they've got mutators in their games, to be honest, because it just reminds me of Unreal Tournament, and I have a soft, soft spot for that. As do I, as do I. Yes, that's it, exactly, because we're old. That's what it is. <laughs> I sucked so bad at the game, I scored, like, zero points at the end. <laughs> like, I played so many rounds, and I did so badly. I'm so bad at these dodgeball-style games. I don't know if it's because dodgeball wasn't allowed in my school, so I don't know how to do it or what, but no, I suck at it. Um, but it, was, it looks really cool. It was very well presented, and the amount of diversifiers in it uh, gives it a good variety and makes it more unique than other dodgeball games. So. That's it. And it's a and it's laid out in neon 
cyberpunk and it's a future sport which everyone loves future sport games yeah because they're more fun than sport games because they're in the future yep and the best one of course is, is speedball just as an aside there <laughs> <laughs> there you go so next uh, we've got something that look that looks fantastic and Dan we both need to get this and play it over lunch at one point because I think it will work really well in the calf and that, and that is uh, uh, Smash Tanks by Dumpling Design which so is I'm going to tell you both a secret about Smash Tanks by Ooh, Dumpling Design go ahead I am the best at Smash Tanks by Dumpling <laughs> Design if you go to their Twitter on EGX there's just some pictures of me winning against people I've beat the other developer at it several times now. Um, I love Smash Tanks. It's an AR-based game, so you hold different iPads currently, and you're looking at a table through your iPads. The table's obviously blank, and through your iPad you can see a board. There's various different boards, um, and all of them have like buildings on it, or trees and bushes, and you play a group of three tanks, and your challenger, who might be Dan, uh, has three other tanks. These tanks have random weapons on them, and and you basically just, like, almost like billiards or almost like pool. You pull back on your tank. Uh, one of three gets selected. They cycle through. You pull back on your tank, and then you let go, and they spring forwards. If you pull back more, uh, they go with more uh, force forwards. If you hit buildings, they can knock down. Your goal is to hit other tanks. These tanks do have... Um, points on them that uh, have little signs on them and that if you hit that area it's like a crit hit um, or you can hit your own tanks now hitting your own tanks charges up your bonus uh, and you can also find bonuses in the field that automatically work I'm and then once your bonus is completely charged it activates and these bonuses can be things like healing other tanks around you or putting out a bomb which is an explosive area around you or direct missiles that'll go and kill another tank uh, it's, it's a fun game I feel like I'm learning so much more about this game that I should have been told before I started playing the game but the developer was distracted and you, because you sent them <laughs> away and instead didn't teach me how to play the game we're definitely together. Um, we've played the game at several events. The game's been at several events you've been at. If you haven't picked up how the game works yet, this is not my fault. I've played it once. It was at Rezzed against you. Uh, well, yeah, you should play more. Like I've been, It was at quite a few events you were at. Okay. So. Cool. Yeah, I, before the podcast, I checked, and it's on Android as well now. So I, I, might, ah, I could, cool. might have to pick that up. But just, just out of interest, because the only experience I've ever had with AR, apart from, you know, stupid crap like Pokemon Go, is are, are the games... <laughs> Are the games other that crap, you could play? Other AR crap is available. Yes, other AR crap is available. Are the little AR games that came with both the 3DS and the PS Vita? They both came with a, a set of uh, cards that you placed down, and that was how it tracked it. So, how is this tracking the playfield? You you draw it out almost with your fingers. You draw it out. All right, so you you're, so you're looking through your phone at the table and you just kind yeah, of go you, like that you and draw then... like a square all it... oh, right okay yeah that's quite cool so just you so you draw a square and it kind of goes okay i'm now tracking that square in real life and it knows what it's doing yeah oh. and it recommends you put it on a table but i mean do, i mean do you need a table that's got a pattern or can it be completely no, plain it can just be i've seen it at events on many tables uh the table the table doesn't matter because that's if it can if it can track a, a thing on a completely plain table, that's quite impressive. Yeah, mm, it's yeah. quite an impressive game. It's two pounds thirty nine. It is indeed. Yeah. Go pick it up. <laughs> yes, I think we'll have to get that done. Another game at some point. 
Sounds good. <laughs> right, so next up we've got uh, Tala by The Garden Wall. Garden Well. Garden Well. Sorry, I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> and you tell me now? <laughs> You've done so well so far. Uh, Tala's really good. So we've got something going up on the site soon about it from uh, from Maggie, actually. She's asked a couple of questions of the developer as well. But this is a game that kick-started uh, the other year. Uh, it's just a little point-and-click game, but it's in an absolutely lovely setting. It's basically uh, these real-world pictures kind of, of of gardens and, well, not it's gardens. Lush greenery. Yeah, lush greenery. Forests. And forests and woodland. I've got these wonderful little sketches, sketched objects, Put on them and all of these characters just kind of gibber and yeah the, the demo that i played was relatively short you had to bake a cake to bribe someone to get a watering can after a, to water a seed to you know grow a plant but it was just really fun i i didn't want to get up i was surprised that you know that, that the demo that they had there was so short because i would have happily sat there and played it for another 20 30 minutes it was just really lovely and it was very reminiscent, uh, although the art style's quite different, but very reminiscent of uh, Amantia Software's Machinarium and Botanicula, I think it's called, wherein you've got these chirpy little characters. It's otherworldly, but yet it's also quite... It's also got the kind of real-world element to it, even though it's this otherworldly thing. Yeah really enjoyable yeah, I didn't actually get a chance to play it but I saw the Kickstarter bumping around uh, earlier this month actually um, and took a look at it and it looked really adorable was and it? I very much liked yeah it was this month that the project was not funded on April 11th oh, I thought it was so. I thought this was a while back maybe I was mis- maybe I misread no. something I'm probably living in the future because of all those future sports I play yeah, uh, I, did, I, I mean, yeah, probably. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I didn't see this one, but you mentioned Machinarium, and I remember that game looking gorgeous. So, I'm just here to disagree with Dan, really. Um, so he's wrong. I'm correct. Uh, moving on. N- that's fine. Normally, I- nobody bothers. They just let me just talk. So it's nope, so- not doing it. <laughs> there is- you can get the playable demo on the Kickstarter page, is what I was going to say, and it's free. I was just going to say that as well. And there was a there was a element. There was a thing made with suggestions from the Kickstarter backers mm. as well that I saw went out for free on itch. I don't know if that's the same thing as is on the Kickstarter page. Yeah, the developer, the developer, the demo is up on itch as well. So if you want to check it out, it's there. You can play the cute little adventure. It's the same demo, I believe. That is that was at EGX Rest. Very cool. Very cool indeed. Yes. So next up, we've got too many cooks. Again, this was in the technical zone. So, who developed it? Uh, one sec, one sec, <laughs> one sec. I know his name's Jai, but that's it's not helpful Finu, because Finu, it's Jai it? and his friend. Finu, yeah. Finu. Isn't that just the name of his like? Yeah, that is the name of his company. Fin, Finu, Finu. Yeah, I said it wrong earlier. Fin- Finu Finu. Yeah. So it's Jai and uh, Chris. So Jai, I can't say his last name either. Jai Bonacu and Chris Lai have made it. Yep. Wish you'd never started you know, now. 
Yeah, <laughs> have fun editing that out. It's a three to six player co op party cooking game uh, that's out. That's uh, going to be out on iOS and Android. Uh, I wrote an article about this for the site not too long ago. Uh, I first saw it ages ago at uh, We Geek Utopia. Dan, you were there, I and I played it with you. And I love this game. I, I love this game so much. You're cooking little dishes, and you've got different roles, but they're not, like, assigned roles. Uh, basically, when you're looking at your phone, it's a board, and it has four s- slots, and then it has a picture of all of the other players up top. Um, and some of those slots are filled with rolls. It'll be like a sink that you can wash dishes in, or a chopping board that you can cut out, or a crate where you get new ingredients, or a rice cooker where you have to cook rice. But you can just trade the rolls that you don't like by just giving them to another character on the screen if they have a, an empty space and inventory goes to them. And you have to do a lot of communication because each player will have orders that no one else can see on their own boards. And they'll have to complete those orders before the people who have sent in the orders to customers get angry. So in order to do that, you're going to have to communicate a lot. Like, I need this fish, and I need X rice, and I need a clean plate. And you'll do a lot of passing around, a lot of helping each other to get these orders completed on time. Uh, it's really, really fun. <laughs> so is this just like, lo- I'm guessing this is just local multiplayer? Uh, I believe it's going to have an online multiplayer as well. You can share oh. a room code, because it's already across platforms. So you can share a room code, and if you log into that room code, basically, and you use the username, uh, the code and the password, uh, you end up playing with each other. It'll yeah, yeah, I think it is online, because they needed Wi-Fi. It'll okay. probably be quite... Uh... Not as good playing it online, but I suppose if you've got voice chat on, so then it'll be fine. But the local yeah, multiplayer experience—the local multiplayer experience was fantastic. Uh, just shouting at each other like, "No, no, no! I need, I need this cut. No, I need this prep. No, I've got plates. Why is nobody taking the plates? Someone take." You know. Surely you all need plates. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm full. Someone just gave me some fish. I don't need the fish. Who's got a beer? I need the pink fish, yeah. not the red fish. Exactly. And everyone calling I- the tuna. Salmon and everyone calling the salmon tuna and yeah, yep. good times. It's a great, great game though, and currently it's out on iOS and Android in alpha stage. And it's really nice. good. So, can you buy it in alpha? Is it like an early access thing? It, it's it's free. free. Oh, you just free. download it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. You just download it. Um, or if you want their test flight, they're doing like a test flight for Apple. You just fill out a little form that's like, "Here's my Apple ID," and there you go, done. Nice. Certainly sounds like fun. Right, so we come to the last one on our main list. Uh, that's this is Weaving Tides by Follow the Feathers. Okay, so I didn't play this game. <laughs> no, I played some of this. Uh, I think on the last day, uh, you play as a human with a father that is a kind of floating manta ray with with ribbon for its tail, and you can fly under things and up through things, and that will. That will weave, I suppose, uh, the ribbon, which will then seal up gaps and tears, but can also be used to ensnare enemies. It's quite clever. So it plays very much like a room-clearing top-down ARPG. Uh, Certain enemies appear, you then weave them up, and then once you've kind of weaved them or they've been weaved for long enough, they then pop, which then drops these little bits of currency that you can use later on. What was on show was just a very short... Uh, part of the game uh, the intro sequence wasn't in there it was obviously one of the first bits of the game as well so you just go off in one direction fly under some bits to prove that you know you know how to move about and then and then you can actually dive right underneath these big thick layers to move from area to area uh, 
and yeah, I, I just really enjoyed it. I think it has a wonderful art style. The, yeah, it looks beautiful. The, looks absolutely stunning. That's it. And the music was absolutely fantastic. I know you didn't get to hear any of that. Uh, and I quite like the idea of the the game. It's just that classic good versus evil. Where's the evil come from? We're the only people who can save it, etc. Story. And sometimes those are just nice, especially when it's got that lovely art style to it. Hmm. Yeah, it certainly sounds interesting. Uh, so that brings us to the end of the main list. I was there with you on Saturday, and I played nothing because for the, for the first time ever, I just had some kind of crazy social anxiety thing going on, and was just trying to hide from people most of the day. Would you like to talk about what was the game you said you played? Nothing. <laughs> I have played a game that was there since because yeah. I saw it was there and mentioned it to you and, and you said we had a review key and that was um, Tracks. Yes, yes. Uh, which isn't really a game per se. <laughs> um, it's more just a, a creative kind of just create your... I mean, it's based around the old wooden train sets yeah, that you that, had when... Well, the posh kids had when you when they were kids. That's I had, it. I had plastic Thomas toys. <laughs> but, yeah. but... Yeah, it's, but, it's the wooden it's the wooden train sets that were always on display outside the early learning centre. Yeah, a Brio, I think they're... they're, they're that's, yeah, that's as. it, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah but it's just, it's just a fun little relaxing. You just, you just get given... You can choose various different things, like a living room or a bedroom and things like that, and you just create a little train set and a little village, and there's loads of houses and... You know, the animals that you can place down and fences and there's even little people and you can make little platforms and the people will gather on the platforms and they'll get on the train as you go past. And when I, when I, when I, because I thought it was just creative because I played a really early beta of it ages ago, like yeah. two years ago probably. And, um, they have added more and there's, there's a kind of a game element where there's, you know, in the room that you've, you've chosen, there are little, uh, collections of these little people just sort of hanging around and you have to build, the train set purposely to go and pick them up and then there's stations you know stationed somewhere else in the room and you have to build the train set to get them to the station and once you do the first lot another lot will appear and you have to rearrange your train set to pick them up and things like that so yeah it's, it's quite fun that's pretty cute actually when you when you started talking i mean i when you started talking about it and obviously most of what people have said about it it just sounded like a creative mode but i am glad that there is Although not a challenge mode per se, I am glad that there is that element to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously, was, like it is still early in the, in the product's lifestyle uh, life cycle, so they they could expand on that quite a bit. I hope that it does. Have you played Mini Metro? Yeah, the puzzle game where you have to where you you're doing the just like a underground underground map, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's the underground network maps. Yeah, yeah and yeah. you've only got a certain amount of trains and a certain amount of. Uh, lines that you can have. I hope that they do something like that. Uh, that could be yeah. quite good. It could be. I, I I was no good at that mini metro. I got to about level three and then just gave up. I, I just couldn't do it. But That's fine. Can't be good at everything. It, is there anything nice. else either of you would like to mention from the, the from the event? I didn't play any games at EGX <laughs> apart from the games that I've talked about. Really, I had like a couple more. Um, I spent the first two days it seemed just meeting people and talking to people and going to meetings and uh, we went to we went to bonus stage 
Oh, we could talk about bonus stage. We went to bonus stage. Yeah. Um, bonus stage is this like fringe event that happens on the the last day. Well, it happens on the Sunday, either during EGX or normally EGX is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And normally there isn't EGX on the Sunday, so on the Sunday you can go to bonus stage. But this year EGX was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so it was during the last day of EGX. It's basically this little fringe event where there's a bunch of games showcased at the loading bar um, scenario. Uh, and you go and check them out. There's, like, a People's Choice Award voting, and a lot of it are games that are not very polished. They're the first time being showcased, quite a few of them, uh, and other ones... Uh, quite a few of them are very local as well, and other ones um, are more polished and released. I don't know. It's a great mix. Uh, and we went down and played the games. And there were some good games, though. There was. Uh, my favorite game... It's not actually my favorite game. That's not true. Uh, the game that won is uh, Black Friday Simulator. Uh, Black Friday Shopping, the Ultimate Shopping Simulator, I think is the full title. And that's a game that me and Dan played against each other, and I won, uh, which is the important bit. Because basically what you do is you, you you pull a fire alarm, and then you have to go through a shop knocking everything on the floor, and the most amount of, like, the amount of produce that you put on the floor, their value is your score. Um, so you have a huge shopping center in front of you. You can look at a map. Uh, though that doesn't pause the game, so it's a waste of time. And you have to try to decide what the most expensive items are and pull them off the shelves. Um, you can do that by either running along the shelf with your hand out, but sometimes that pushes items back into the shelf, or by using both of your hands to sort of grab and pull them, but it's not really gripping, it's just sort of knocking, like a baby. Um, and just a trick in the game is to knock off the alcohol and uh, baby stuff to get the most amount of points, because as everyone knows, alcohol is super expensive, as is having a baby, so that's going to be more expensive than things like produce. Uh, but there are, like, funny, like, logos and brands on everything, like the the baby diapers all have uh, babies crying on them, as opposed to babies looking happy and serene, and stuff like there that is really great. There were the nappies for people who play MMOs as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yeah, there were. So they don't have to get up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's it was, a really fun game. That was very good. And then there was the uh, the shepherding or the one the game where you were mm. sheepdogs. So that's a co-op game where you basically play two little dogs. You get to pick the dogs. Well, you play a dog and your friend plays a dog, and you get to pick your dogs. And then together you have to keep all of the sheep alive. And there's different. Like first of all, the title screen, the level select screen, was wonderful because you have to actually herd the dogs into the level that you want thought that was great genius um and then once the level starts you have a number of sheep and you have to keep them going for as many waves as there are and stuff falls from the sky like giant weights and you have to keep them away from the shadows and sometimes bombs fall and these bombs can roll around they can like sort of fall on top of sheep or on top of you however once they explode they uh, destroy everything around it if they're sheep um however if you if you get hit or if you get exploded on you just get stunned for a little bit of time so sometimes it's strategic to sacrifice yourself um there was also bones uh that made you go faster as a sort of power up Uh, it's a very early uh version of the game it's the first time that developer had ever showcased and it was wonderful it was a wonderful little game and then upstairs you had uh there was quite a bit actually i didn't fully get round actually to be honest with you i know obviously ruya was up there uh Mm. and the is it rich from off grid i know he wasn't there but is he one of the organizers of or was he one of the organizers of this bonus stage i don't believe so however off grid was there on the projector yeah so yeah 
uh, off-grid was there. There was also a game whose title I don't know. That's basically a multiplayer arena uh, fighting. Well, it's not fighting. A multiplayer arena game where everyone's got throwing stars, yeah. and it's beautiful, and you just throw your throwing stars and you kill people. Uh, that's quite fun. Don't remember the name, though. It's also a point-and-click adventure game that looked quite interesting that I didn't quite get into. Um, yeah. Oh, and T-Powered Studios were there with... Oh, it's Elemental Flow. Yes, yeah. Which is their game about conversations where you have to try to navigate through awkward conversations and uh, give people the reactions that are appropriate at the times and not talk over them and stuff. That sounds like my life simulator. Sounds like, po- yeah. <laughs> sounds like podcast simulator. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Same. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was, yes, it was a it was a fun event, and uh, yeah, lots of good stuff on show, and I look forward to going again next year. But, Play some games next year, mate. Oh uh, yes, I'll, I'll, next year I'll probably try and get uh, to go for two days, so I can spend one day filming, and then I'll spend another day actually playing things, which would be nice. Good plan. There's lots of good um, stalls there. One th- one thing I, I did see, I, a couple of years ago, I bought a custom Game Boy. So I, one that had a backlit screen and the pro audio output and everything, that kind of stuff. And the guy I bought it off was there. And it was it was quite good to have a little chat with him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just the same guy. At all Like, as someone who goes to all of these events, it's always the same guy. That's well, the guy a, selling there all is the pretty Game much, Boys. If you type in custom Game Boys online, you find one, early in the UK, you find one person, and that's and that's custom Game Boy, is, or GameBoyMods.co.uk, which I think this, was there. Is this the guy who was at the local event that happened in our town where we live? The one that took place at the leisure centre? I don't was know. A, I don't yeah. know. What, that, I wasn't that there. Did you, I don't know. did you not attend that? So guy about the same height as me, uh, black hair, thinner than me, working on backlit Game Boys. Coolies. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was same good. Bloke. I, I went to see him because my Game Boy screen is scratched up. So I went and asked him if he had any more lens covers, but he didn't have any, which was a shame. Aww. So I'll have to order one from him online. But it's all good. But yeah, there's quite a good uh, few little few little stalls in there. One that sold loads of plushies and things, which was quite cool. And obviously the big board game area, which I had a little stroll around. Loads of people playing games. It was good stuff. Cool. But anyway. I never check out the sort of uh, stalls where you buy stuff. I don't know why, but it's never been of interest to me. And I always feel like all of the events are the same crap. I, I always look and then feel disappointed because I've never got any money to buy anything. Fair. <laughs> there was this thing, there was, there was a... Uh, a bubble bobble plushie that made noise when you squeezed it and apparently the the guy there said it was literally the last one because the company that made it haven't got the license anymore <laughs> licensing and, and issues I, and I was sitting there going I've got just about enough to buy this do I buy it <laughs> and I was like no I didn't, I didn't get it in the end. you'll regret that in a few years I'll pro- oh, I, yes, will. You will. I probably will yes but anyway, I think that brings us to the end of this podcast. Uh, thank you both for joining me. And so from me, Dan, and Jupiter, we will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. See you.